0: This sermon was recorded at the Church of Christ, Northwest Arkansas. We are Christians seeking to worship God in spirit and in truth according to the New Testament. Come worship with us Sunday mornings at 1030 at 1708 Elm Springs Road in Springdale, Arkansas. This morning, as you can see on the wall here, that we're going to be talking about a topic that I think we as Christians struggle with a lot, at least in my life and what I do, uh, as a christian or what i should be doing as a christian uh you know that could be at church here this morning Uh, it could be uh, at work it could be at school Uh, it could be at walmart um, driving down the road Uh, whatever we do in our life if we're a christian here this morning whatever we do in our life take this into consideration not as men pleasers. And I grabbed that from a verse in Ephesians that we'll read here in a minute. The struggles that we face is doing things for the doing the right things for the wrong reasons. Some answer, some questions to consider this morning as we go through this lesson. Why did you become a Christian? If you are a Christian this morning, why did you become one? Why are you here this morning? Why do you help in the services, men here this morning? Why do you? Why do all of us sing of a morning? Why do we partake of the communion? Why do we treat our brothers and sisters the way we do? Why do you treat your spouse if you're married here this morning, the way that you do? If you have children, why do you treat your children the way you do? Children, why do you honor and respect and obey your parents like you do? Why do you do good at your job at your em- employment? To be honest, these questions is what runs through my mind as I think about why I do the things that I do as a Christian. think some things that I ponder in my mind, why do I do the things that I do? Even, even though I know that they're the right things I need to be doing because God commands those things, but the intentions behind those things that I do. Do I do these things to please men? To please my wife, to please my children, to please my boss, to please my brother or sister in Christ? To get a pat on the back, to get their approval, or is it solely and strictly to get God's approval? To be pleasing to God? The Bible speaks to this, if you'll turn to Ephesians chapter 5, there verse, Ephesians chapter 6, there at verse 5, it says servants be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh with fear and trembling and singleness of your heart as unto Christ not with eye service as men pleasers but as the servants of Christ doing the will of God from the heart with goodwill doing service as to the Lord and not to men knowing that whatsoever a good thing any man doeth the same shall he receive of the Lord whether he be bond or free. Now in this situation Paul is dealing with Servants and masters. How a servant is to treat his uh, uh, master. Um, you know, back, back then there was uh, servants and masters and these servants were told to respect and honor their masters and do what they tell them to do with fear and trembling. Serve your master, he says, as you would the Lord. Always keeping first and foremost in your mind that you're serving God. That's, if we was a servant back then... That's what we had to keep in mind. We work for our employer or for our boss or for our master in this case in such a way that is we're working for God because that's ultimately who they are serving, who we would be serving if we was a servant. The culture we live in today, we don't have servants and masters per se in that, in that language. Uh, what I can relate to is an employee and an employer. You know, we're basically a servant to our employer. They pay us. We do as they, as they wish, and, we, and, and for my case, I work up here at the U of A, and I see to the needs of the HVAC equipment. And whatever the H, HVAC equipment needs, I serve that and try to give my best foot forward for the U of A. But I think this concept can be applied in all aspects of our life as a Christian. Anything that we do in our life as a Christian, I think we can look to this and we can we say, are we doing it just because of eye service, because they're watching, and as men-pleasers? Or are we doing it to solely please God? Some words to define here, I think, is this word eye service. Is a service performed only under the master's eyes, for the master's eye usually stimulates greater diligence. His absence, on the other hand, renders laziness. And we see that. I've been caught up in that before. Uh, There's a saying, when the boss is away, the mice can play. Or when the cat's away, the mice can play. You know, just because your boss is watching doesn't mean that we can do a good job. And when he leaves, we can just do whatever we want, slack or whatever. You know, these, these servants back in the time that Paul was writing, these servants couldn't just do their job as a servant just because their master was watching, and then when the master leaves, they just slack, and they become lazy. God tells them to do your work as you're working for God because that's ultimately who we serve. Men pleasers is studying to please man courting the favor of men just to get that pat on the back, the attaboy. You know, I work hard at, at my job or try to, and when evaluations come around and they evaluate me, it it does feel good to get... Uh, that word from your boss and you're doing a good job because that allows us to pick up our pace even more to do even a better job but it's when we let it get to our heads and, and we try to only please our boss at work in this case when the servant only focuses on trying to please his master and that was it Now, there are some other words there in that scripture. The singleness, the servants be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh with fear and trembling and singleness of your heart. The fear and trembling there, the fears, dread, terror, irreverence. Trembling is used to describe the anxiety of one who distrusts his ability. To meet all requirements. Do you, have you ever felt that way? <laughs> when evaluations come around and they tell you some things you need to work on, I begin to tremble because I, I don't know if I've done a good enough job. I take it, as a, take it a little personal that I haven't done the best of my ability. The reverence, the fear that we need to have for our, our employer or our boss or whatever in this case, that the servant was supposed to have for his master... And singleness of your heart or simplicity, the sincerity of your heart. Now, I think this fear and trembling will come in even more as we draw back, as we step back a little bit and look at the big picture. It's not just about our, our jobs, it's not just about treating our brothers and sisters like we should, it's not just about all those little things. It's backing up and looking at the big picture. Who are we ultimately serving? We're ultimately serving God, and whether we're at our jobs or at home, we're going we're gonna to treat this in such a way that we are fearing God, and we're going to be fearing that we're not meeting up to what God has asked us to be doing as a Christian. That's what our main focus needs to be this morning as we go through this. Paul puts it this way, For do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I yet please men, I should not be the servant of Christ. See, there, there can't be two roads we take down our Christian life and pleasing man and pleasing God. Paul asks this rhetorical question, do I need, Am I here to persuade men? Do I, is my sole purpose in life as an apostle of Jesus, is it to serve to please man? Or God, he says, he asks. But he does state the fact that if he does serve man, he cannot be the servant of Christ. So it's one or the other, ain't it? Serve God or serve man. Strive to please man or strive to please God. That's the two options that we have this morning as you think about your life. As you look at yourself today, as I look at myself, do you see yourself as one who's working hard to make man happy? Mankind, I should say. Happy. Or are we trying to make God happy in our life? You know, unfortunately, it is much more gratifying in our life to, to get that pat on the back, to get that attaboy from someone that thinks we're doing a good job because... They're there and we can see that gratification. When it comes to pleasing God, our reward is coming to us when we get to heaven. But we want that instant gratification, don't we? Or at least I do sometimes. I think if I don't get that pat on the back, I'm not doing a good job as a Christian. And I think that's human nature for us to, to feel that way. That's something we've got to battle, something we've got to fight. Let's look at a few things that we might do that we have to make a choice to whether our intentions are correct or not. The intentions behind the actions that we do. First, let's take the situation of an employer or employee to an employer. We mentioned a little bit about that earlier. Do you seek to please your employer or to seek to please God? God wants us, as I mentioned, to do a good job at your work. That shows a good example, doesn't it, for us as Christians to, to do a good job at, at our job. Keeping in mind that every decision we make on our job is God-oriented, is God-focused. Will this, what I'm fixing to do and what decision I'm fixing to make at my job, is it going to be pleasing to God? One of the most dangerous things I feel like, uh, for me, that we can fall into as an employee is when our employer asks us to work on Sundays. Or any time where it obligates us from assembling or spending time with the brethren, specifically when we miss assembly. You know, we, we know that God commands us to assemble. We have that command. We know we must do it. But backing up and looking at the big picture, does God say, look down on us and say, am I'm I'm proud of Cody. He's even going so far in his job that he's missing services on Sunday morning to do a good job for his employer. I don't think God looks at it that way. You know, at first it might be just one time. I might, you know, go up there at the U of A because they need a shutdown to happen at, at work. I need to be there to shut down the HVAC equipment. Well it's just this one time. But after a while it becomes a thing that we have to work, go to work on Sundays because we're a great asset, because I'm a great asset to the U of A. I've got to be there on Sunday. They gotta have me. There's a point that we reach in our jobs where we work at our jobs and ask ourselves what is it, what is in it for me? And I think at our jobs, I think we can not only serve to <clears throat> Strive to please our employer, but I think through this we can sir- strive to serve ourselves in this. What can I get out of it? What can this benefit me? Secondly, I think just simply the life I live as a Christian in general, the example I show forth to the community, the example I show forth to y'all, the example I show forth to my coworkers. To my family at home, to family that is not Christians, that has known me ever since I was little. Do I stop being a Christian because they've known me ever since I was little, and they don't go to church or anything? There's a lot of things that we think about when we involve just your whole Christian life, ain't it? There's a lot of things. But mainly focusing this morning on our example and what we do for God in our our life. John chapter 12 verse 42 it says, Nevertheless, among the chief rulers also many believed on him. But because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him, lest they should be put out of the synagogue. For they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. These chief rulers here, they there was many of them that believed in Jesus Christ when he was here on this earth. There's many today that believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that believe who he is, that he walked here on this earth, that he died for our sins, but these people here, they didn't confess Jesus because they was afraid they was going to get, make some people mad and they were going to be kicked out of the synagogue. And the reason is they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. They wanted to make man happy. And if it wasn't going to make man happy, mankind, those, those Pharisees happy, they was going to go as far as to deny Jesus. And see how dangerous that is. People stop short of becoming a Christian because it might make somebody unhappy. Forgetting the fact that it, angels in heaven rejoice when ones obey and come to the gospel. Forgetting that God is pleased with us obeying the gospel. Maybe you're already a Christian this morning. You have decisions in your life where we can act out a confession of Jesus and stand up for Christ throughout the day of yeah, yet we stop short because it might make our coworker mad. It might make our family mad. Our family might turn against us. Oh, but the Pharisees were happy here. And to these people, these chief rulers, that's all that mattered. Our family's happy with us. My spouse is happy with us, with me. I might not be doing what God says, but they're happy. Matthew chapter 23, verses 1 through 12. Then spake Jesus to the multitude and to his disciples, saying, The scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. All therefore whatsoever they bid you observe and observe... That observe and do, but do not ye after their works. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> for they say and do not, for they bind heavy burdens and grievous to be borne, and lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers. But all their works they do for to be seen of men. They make broad their phylacteries and enlarge the borders of their garments, and they love the uppermost rooms at feasts and the chief seats. In the synagogues, and greetings in the markets, and to be called of men, rabbi, rabbi, or master, master. But be ye not called rabbi, for one is your master, even Christ, and all your brethren. And call no man your father upon earth, for one is your father which is in heaven. Neither be ye called masters, for one is your master, even Christ. But he that is greatest among you shall be your servant, and whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased, and he that shall humble himself shall be exalted. So throughout this reading, we have the Pharisees come up again. These people, these people really liked making a show for themselves. These Pharisees loved wearing these big garments and to profess themselves as knowing the law. And they would... People would come up to him, and they loved when people would call him Master, Master, and they would bow themselves before him. They loved the praise of man. These disciples were encouraged and warned, really. He says, do as they teach, but not as they do. Don't act like they're acting. They teach good things. They teach the law, and they teach those good things from God, but they don't lift one finger, it says, to do it themselves. I know some people that are that way. They profess themselves to be Christians, but yet they won't lift one finger to do good things. I think we can be caught doing this as well. Present ourselves to be religious. We come to church every Sunday. We do everything that we can do as a Christian, but because our motives are not right behind them, that we're there to please God instead of man, we can have a, a Pharisee attitude that we're just out there to please man. It doesn't matter what we do for God, but we're making man happy. You see the point? We don't need to focus on making man happy because man will never make man happy. It's an endless struggle that we'll always fight, but we know what, God, what makes God happy, don't we? To do what He says, to, to do it for the right reasons. First John chapter 4, verse 16, And we have, kn- have known and believed the love of God that hath, he hath to us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. <clears throat> love is a key to the motives behind why we do what we do as Christians. We follow a God that is love. And if we do not have love, we're not going to be interested in doing what God wants us to do, we're not going to be interested in doing it to please God because love is not the motivating force behind why we do the things we do. The good things that we do has got to be motivated by love. Otherwise, it, it means nothing. And we see that in uh, there in 1 Corinthians the first, uh, 13, the first three verses. It says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity or, or love, I am become as a, tinkling, a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy, and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith, so that I could remove mountains, and have not charity, have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. God says it doesn't matter your accomplishments in life, Whatever that might be is, if you don't have love behind those accomplishments, and you're not doing those things out of love, he says, it's meaningless to me. It it's profits you nothing. When you stand before God in judgment, and you realize the things that you've done was not motivated by love, and it was all for nothing, it was profitless. There's going to be a lot of surprised people, I think. Let's not be one of those surprised people in judgment. It says here in verse 3, And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned. We can give our life for our brethren. We can sacrifice our life. And there was a lot of people back in the early church that sacrificed themselves for spreading the gospel. Doing those things for God. Well, if any one of those did it because they was, Oh, look at that guy. He's gonna, I'm going to go down in history being a martyr. I give my, life for so and so, give my life for David because it will make him and his family happy. You can do those things without having love behind it, and it means nothing to God. We've got to have love. What about teaching God's Word? Matthew chapter 28, verse 18. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. So we have a command from God to go teach. When we teach people, they are obedient to the gospel, we baptize them there. We teach them to observe So is it just a command? Is it just a command that we follow? That we teach people? Do we act upon it because it might give us a name in the community as, well, this guy, this Cody guy, he, he knows a lot about the Scriptures. He's going around and he's studying. He's, he's booked up full throughout the week of, of studies. He go, boy, he goes to church on Sunday. He preaches. Boy, he's just a, he's a knowledgeable young man in the Bible. If all we're doing when we're teaching the gospel is to, to please man and to get a name, we're doing it for the wrong reasons. I know I'm being very blunt this morning because I'm very passionate about this, about pleasing God, and because it's something I struggle with, honestly, as a, as a human. The motivating force behind what I do as a Christian is that I'm, is that I'm, that I'm pleasing God. Something I have to keep in check for myself. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 3 through 6. For our exhortation was not of deceit, nor uncleanness, nor unguile, but as as we were allowed of God to be put in trust with the gospel, even so we speak, not as pleasing men, but God, which trieth our hearts. For neither at any time use we flattering words, as you know, nor a cloak of covetousness, God is witness. Nor of men sought we glory, neither of you, nor yet of others, when we might have been burdensome as the apostles of Christ. Paul was saying, hey, we're teaching the gospel, not out of deceit, not to get a name, not to please man. And I want you to look at the attitude in verse 4. He says, but, we, but as we were allowed of God to be put in trust with the gospel, even so we speak. He, he considered it as a privilege to be able to teach the gospel that God has put this in their trust to spread the gospel. It wasn't just something we just go out there and get gain off of it, to get a name off of it. It was something that Paul treated very carefully when he taught people about the gospel. Because God has given you the responsibility, the opportunity to teach the gospel, if you're able at all. If you have a Bible and you study, we can teach somebody. Maybe it's not through speaking to them. Maybe maybe it's just by being a good example. You can teach by your example, but don't treat it lightly. This is the gospel we're talking about here. This is what people died for in the early church. This is what matters most when we die. When we stand before God in judgment, this is what matters most is that we get taught, we teach, teach people that people come to Christ before it's too late. And we don't need to do this just to get a big name for ourselves. That's not the point. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 3. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned into fables. When we get derailed into pleasing man through our teaching to try to please man instead of God we, you can see what happens. We tickle people's ears, don't we? We tell them what they want to hear. And There's so many false doctrines out there today that is the result of people trying to please people. People telling people what they want to hear and it's derailed off into a fairy tale the actual truth has become a fairy tale to a lot of people because they've been derailed into believing a false doctrine just because we're trying to please somebody and not please God. For those of us that are married here this morning, yes, even the newlyweds, we've got to pay attention that we apply this as well in our life, in our homes. You know, when we get home and we shut the doors, we get behind these closed doors, sometimes the worst of us comes out, don't it? We may act, we might hide some things to our brothers and sisters here at church in the morning. But I'm scared to death, for myself at least, for times in my life, if he was a fly on the wall in my home. I'm not proud of some of the things that I've done. Now, obviously, it's not something that can't be repented of or anything like that. It's, it's things, maybe even small things, that I overlook sometimes that, that you might just look and say, man, I can't believe he done that. There's times when we strive to only try to please our husbands and our wives, our children, or our parents. Look at Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22. It says, Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands, as unto the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. Spouses are given a direction here by God of how to treat their spouse. Wives are subject to their husbands. The husband is ahead of the wife. This relationship is to be compared as we are to Christ. The church is to Christ. Husbands and wives are to love one another, working together to keep each other from getting a spot or blemish. Nowhere in here do we read God telling us to be a Christian so that we can please our spouse. Some of the decisions we make as, a, as we try to please God, sometimes they may not be very pleasing to our spouse. Have we ever done something or for God just because our spouse wanted us to do it? We need to remember that our spouses are humans. So if we try to try to please our spouse, a lot of times it's a, it's an empty pit. And I'm not trying to say anything about Julia. It's just that when we try to, to please man, again, it is not going to be satisfactory to God. Everything that we do in our homes towards our spouses needs to be because it pleases God. And we need to do that with that attitude. Children, this morning, Psalms 127, 3-5, says, Lo, children are the heritage of the Lord, are inheritance heritage to the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children in the youth, of the youth. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. Children, this morning, your parents are very proud of you. (laughs) I'm very proud of my two boys. But if I do what I do as a Christian just because I'm going to please my boys, because it makes, you know, Isaiah and Zeke happy that Daddy's up here preaching, that's the wrong attitude. That's the wrong mindset. As much as we want to please our children and the things that we do, you know, I think... There's a lot of allotted amount of pleasing that we can do to our children. You know, I, sometimes I'll go by Walmart or whatever and pick up a toy or something every once in a while for my boys because it makes them happy. <clears throat> we can spoil them by doing that too, but be careful. But there's a level of that that we want to please our children. But when it ventures off beyond and that we're doing things that draws us away from focusing on pleasing God and only trying to please our children... Maybe it's taking them to a ball game and, and being involved in that. Oh, it makes our children happy, but we are kind of skipping out on church a little bit and not going to the things we need to be doing for the church. We're not working in the church like we should because we're trying to please our children with these different things. God wants us to be happy with our children. He says, happy is a man that has his quiver full of them. It's a great blessing for, uh, to have children, and I can vouch for that. It's a great blessing to have my two boys. But I cannot allow that to be my main focus on why I'm a Christian. To you, children, Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 through 3, it says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee and thou mayest live long on the earth. Try to teach my boys to obey his parents their parents, which is me and mama. Why do they obey me and mama? It's because God tells them to obey. It's not because I said so. We direct, try to direct our kids to thinking that we're here to please God. God tells me to obey my parents. I'm going to obey my parents. I got caught up as I was growing up and I'm not blaming my parents or nothing like that. But I was always told if I'd done something wrong, my dad would always say, and I will say, why? Kids always like to ask why. And I would say, why? Because I said so. And that was it. And so growing up, it was always, I do it or dad's going to whip me. Dad's going to punish me. I do it because it makes dad unhappy. I've got to please dad. I've got to please dad. <clears throat> Children are supposed to have a level of respect for their their parents. But ultimately, who are our children serving? They're serving God. Focus your children's mind on pleasing God, and not just pleasing Daddy or Mommy. If they please God, and they obey, and they make God happy, they're going to make me and Mama happy. And that's what really matters the most. Colossians chapter 3, 23 it says, for whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. <clears throat> so as you think back to all the points we covered, whether it's your Christian life, whether it's at home, whether it's your job, wherever it is, are we trying to serve man and pleasing man, or is it to please God? And I'll even add a third in there, or is it to please self? Because all these things, we can live a Christian life with the attitude of, what is, it? What is in it for me? And we create a little bubble around ourselves. and if it doesn't benefit me, I don't want no part of it. If I'm at my job, and I'm told to do my work as a Christian, work for my employer the way I need to be, honestly, and working hard, and I step back and say, well, wait a minute, what's in it for me? What am I going to get out of it? If I can't find no benefit in it, I don't want no part of it. What about our spouse and our, and our home life and our children and our parents? Do we step back and say, well, I know what God says, but what is it, what's in it for me? What do I get out of it? The instant gratification, ain't it? When you step back again and say, let's look at the big picture. What is God pleased with? What's going to get us to heaven? I'll tell you what gets us to heaven is that's pleasing God. We cannot hide anything from God, as as much as we want to try. There's an all-seeing eye there that's watching us at all times. God knows our thoughts. He knows our heart. He knows our intentions. Proverbs chapter fifteen, verse three: The eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. First Chronicles chapter twenty-eight and verse nine. And thou, Solomon my son, know, that, know thou the God of thy father, and serve him with a perfect heart and with a willing mind. For the Lord searcheth all hearts, and understandeth all the imaginations of the thoughts. If thou seek him, he will be found of thee. But if thou forsake him, he will cast thee off forever. <coughs> Start right here with your children those of us that have children. Solomon was being encouraged by his father to know, to know God. Serve him with a perfect heart and a willing mind. Serve him with a willing mind. Have the right intentions behind what you're doing. He searches the hearts. Let our children know let your coworker know that you're teaching. Let your brothers and sisters in Christ know that God is watching, God is searching your hearts to know if what we're doing is for the right reasons. And we've got to live that life out as an example, where people are going to look at us and say, He's teaching these things, but He's not doing those things. That's why we've got to keep in check all the time. Maybe you've done some soul searching this morning, and you look into your life and you think, "Yeah, I've got to make some changes." You know, getting getting studies together like this really works on my heart. Um, you know, I've been getting into this deal lately around the house. You know, the yards growing. Pat knows this. Yards are growing. Um, i got to get fence built, i got a brush hog, I've got all these things that are just piling up. And I get to focusing on self. And if I cannot get my yard mode, if I can't get my field brush hog, and I can't get those fences moved and those cattle moved and all that stuff, man, I'm just, I'm just down in the dumps. I don't even want to do anything. Because I can't, I can't please myself. My focus is derailed onto doing what I want to do when I want to do it. And if I can't do it, then I'm I'm just, I'm just out for the day. To remind myself, the most important thing is serving God and pleasing Him. It don't matter about the yard. It don't matter about the field and all that stuff. As if we're still working for God and doing what He tells us to do, that's what matters the most. So this lesson is really good for me this morning. You know, if you find that you need to correct your motives as a as a Christian here this morning, and there's a, we can pray for you to God for you on your behalf, that God will help you in your future decisions as you try to get better for God. Maybe this study has caused you to think about your something else that's holding you back, that is causing you to falter a little bit, that you want to change. We can help you with that as well. Maybe you're here this morning that needs baptism. I don't don't know what your need is. The brethren here don't know what your need is. But we're here this morning for one purpose. That's to serve God and to know more about Him. If we found out more about Him this morning... And you want to make that change and to repent? If we, want, if we need to pray for you this morning, please make it known while we stand and while we sing. We hope you enjoyed this teaching from God's Word. If there's anything we can do to help you in your walk with Christ, send us a message at facebook.com slash cfcnwa. To find more sermons, look for us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and like our Facebook page. Thanks for listening, and God bless.